Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 193, I think. It's confusing because it's a bonus surprise special edition because today is the day that Walk Like a Panther comes out in cinemas all around the UK and it's my first film I've been in and I'm really excited and it means a lot. Um, I'm recording this on Wednesday morning because I went to the premiere last night in Manchester at Printworks, um, had an absolutely amazing time, um, the first time I've seen the film as well, so that was just hugely exciting. Um, this podcast, I should explain, is some highlights of previous guests who were all in Walk Like a Panther, so Stephen Graham, M- Michael Soccer, Rob Parker... I'm going to forget one. Dave Johns. All four of those were in before we made the film, before I'd heard about it or anything. So it's it was pure chance that when I got asked into it, or not pure chance in total, because Stephen Graham was the one who recommended me after after working together on Taboo. But the rest, it was chance that they're all in there. So that was exciting to work with people I'd already had on the podcast and already knew, but it was also exciting to get new podcasts. So while I was there, I got a, a Neil Fitzmaurice on, a Chris Fairbank, Gus Khan, and Lena Headey. And yeah, they all absolutely smash it in the film. I've seen it now, so I can actually tell you how much I enjoyed it. It's just, it's just good, clean fun. It's really uplifting and positive and feel-good. It's about community it's about wrestling. It's about the North, but not the North painted in the t- the typical grim, gritty way in a really vibrant, really highlighting all the, the wonders and camaraderie of uh, of communities. So, yeah, it's good fun. Um, things I should tell you about last night. So me and Gaz Khan did a load of, of radio. So we did s- six music and we did f- five live. And that was cool. But obviously at that point, we've not seen the film and we were joking to each other that we're doing a lot of press. I've done like Shortlist magazine this week and loads of other bits. And and me and Gaz were like, we're not really in the film much. But it's a weird one because we shot tons of different bits. And then actually watching the film, we were both really pleasantly surprised at how much we're in it because we're in it a lot more than we kind of remembered. And the key is we're... As scenes, again, make no mistake, Stephen Graham and David Johns are the leads. Um, Rob Parker has a great role in it. Everyone, you know, everyone's doing great. But we were, yeah, we were kind of in our heads. We're like, well, we're barely in this film. It was an amazing experience, but it felt like a bit, a bit odd that we were getting so much press and and so much love. But what Dan Kadan, who I'm going to have on the podcast at some point, the writer and director of Dan is... He's put us in some amazing pivotal points and pivotal moments and really, yeah, amazing to be part of. Um, probably not allowed to tell you all this because it's one of them things that's at the premiere only, but Stephen Graham couldn't make it last night. He was absolutely heartbroken. Um, I'd spoken to him all week about it and he was get, get gutted, but the reason he couldn't make it was he was off doing a new film. But he did a little video beforehand and in this this video he's in he's on on set in his uniform and that and he's like look i'm gutted i can't be there but i've left the panthers 
to go and wrestle in America and I've got a new tag team partner and then he moved his camera over and it was Tom Hanks there and him and Tom Hanks ripped out a promo a wrestling promo on on on, on the audience of the Walk Like a Panther premiere and it was an amazing start to um, a fantastic and beautiful and l- lovely and warm film so yeah that's what this podcast is I'm rambling a lot on 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 the way up to Manchester it was the first time it kind of hit me how emotional it is because again it's it, I'm not making out it's my film in any way but it is a proper film and it's on in my local cinema and seeing it was on in my local c- cinema four times a day um just really hit me and got me all emotional because that's the cinema that I've gone on awkward teenage dates at. I've snuck in from screen to screen with my my, my mates, not paying to see films. I've had mates who've worked there, so we've gone there specifically to get in for free because um, we're poor. I've had to sit outside the fire exit because I'd had, had one too many pop brownies at the Kevin Smith all-nighter. Uh, I've gone to see numerous Marvel films at midnight on the day of release. Yeah. And and there's a film on there that I'm in. And that's mad. So yeah, it's very exciting. And I wanted to do this special um, podcast to highlight it a bit. And to say, if you can, go and support it. Because although it's Fox, it is very much a British independent film. <laughs> independent is is the wrong word but it was on it was it was made on the fox searchlight or uk or or whichever it is which is kind of the smaller independent um a, a wing of things and yeah it'll mean the world if you can all go out and see it. it's in 300 cinemas which is a huge release when we were making it they didn't expect it to be going out in that many cinemas it was expected to be a small indie release and fox liked it so much that they've pushed it a lot more. So it should be in your local cinema um, or not too far away. So if you can, go and see it this weekend. That would be lovely. I've had a few people Facebook me or tweet me or tag me in Instagram pictures of their of their their, their book tickets on, on, on the online booking screen. If you want to do that, I'm always going to enjoy it. It's always going to get a like or a retweet or just general excitement. Because it's mental for me still. This is all new to me. My plan is there's going to be tons of it, but yeah, it's lovely. Um, I'll stop there. And yeah, this is, as I said, it's a, it's, a, it's a little compilation of highlights of guests. So the last four talk about, because we recorded them either during or after making a walk like a pamphlet. So the last four get into that. The first four, you know, it's before we're even doing that, but it's a good kind of journey of, of the people involved and Rob Parker in particular that was I was as excited to see Rob on that big screen as I was to see me um he's yeah he's a great dude and I only met him on taboo but but he's yeah a dear dear friend and to see him having a proper role and smashing it was uh was heartwarming and exciting so yes walk like a panther out now in cinemas all over the UK and Europe probably, maybe coming to America. I don't know. I don't work for them. Um, <laughs> enjoy the podcast.
This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. We have begun. I'm joined by Stephen Graham. How are you today, sir? I'm not too bad at all, Pip. I'm, yeah, I'm tip top. I'm good it's, today. It's nice out, isn't it? It's a nice day. Everything seems calm and, and peaceful here. So yeah, nice and sunny. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. It's a nice, cosy little house we got. So yeah, yeah, I'm good. It's I'm lovely. Good. Thank me, you for I've having me. Ready break this morning. Good work. Good yeah, work. I You're love ready. the ready break in the, in the winter and the spring. You can't beat a bit of get out and glow. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely prepared then, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well prepared. Growing up, were you always kind of drawn to acting? Was that kind of Something um, you into? Like, what kind of, of 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 upbringing did you have? Well, to be honest with you, um, me man and dad, I'm from a very like a, a working class background. In, yeah. the, in the sense of, and when I say working class, I mean in the sense of, you know, me man and dad both had good jobs. Yeah, me ma started off as a nursery nurse. Yeah. when I was a kid, and then she um, then she went into social work, yeah, which is great. one of the one of the hardest jobs yeah, I feel for anyone to do. You know, there's lots and lots of work to do there, and there's lots of you put a lot into that job with very little reward, really, yeah. with respect to how society views them. Yeah, but, you know, 100%. It, but it's very self-rewarding, that kind of job. Yeah. So I had a, I had a you know, really good, stable upbringing. And I had a great childhood. I come from a big family. Yeah. Loads of cousins. Yeah. Shed loads of cousins. We used to, you know, used to, yeah, we used to do all kinds of, <laughs> of things to get, get into mischief. But it was kind of, when I was a kid, I did a play at school. I think I was 10. Yeah. So only a year older than that, Alfie is now. Oh, wow. And I did a play called Treasure Island. Yeah. And I played Jim Hawkins. And where I lived, there was a great, still is, he still lives in the same place, actually. He lived across the road from my nana's house. Yeah. Uh, Drew Schofield, his name is. Right. And he uh, he was in a show at the time called Scully, which was about a, a young lad who had these dreams and aspirations of playing for Liverpool Football Club. Right. And he used to have these daydreams. And he was, it was a great series. It was yeah. a fantastic series. And I watched him in the Everyman do a play. It was these two men. It was. Did you remember? Did you ever see Brookside years ago? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Well, did you remember Sinbad? Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, yeah. Sinbad. Well, he was in a play with Sinbad, and they were two bin men. Yeah, and they were doing Shakespeare, like uh, oh, just, wow. just doing this whole menagerie of Shakespeare plays and little bits and bobs and little snippets. But it was about two scouts bin men doing Shakespeare. Yeah, and I remember seeing it and thinking, "Wow, that's amazing!" And he came to watch the play in school, and he turned around to me, Martin Zard, and said, um, I think your lad's, your lad's got a bit of talent there. He's really talented. Oh, wow. Maybe you should look at taking him to the Everyman New Theatre. So I had to wait, and I think I was about 13, 13 yeah. and a half when I first went to the Everyman. That's our little Billy running in and out the kitchen there. There we go. <laughs> so he's off now. I think I was about 13 when I first went to the Everyman. And it was just, it was just something that... I just really enjoyed it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That, that kind it's of... It's perfect to get that kind of nod early on to give you that yeah. motivation. Because again, particularly... I mean, in general, acting can be something that you see on the big screen and can seem a bit unattainable. So to, at that early age, to have someone go, like, you, that's a thing you can do. Yeah. Like, that's a job. That's, that's like, in general, you go, you go to school and you're learning that jobs are, are working in a shop or working in a factory or working in an exactly, office. So yeah. to have, at that young an age, someone go, this is, you this do, is an you're option too. You can do this. A, yeah, amazing. Yeah, and that, that's a perfect analogy, what you just said there, because Drew as well, because he lived across the road from me nanny. Yeah. And he lived in that street and he had the same accent as me. Yeah. And, you know, he came from the same area as me. And here yeah. he was every week on my telly. And then I'd see him in the in the Everyman doing a play. It was like... Huge inspiration. Yeah, massive, huge yeah. inspiration. It was like, this can be done. Yeah. Like you say, you know, it was 
it was it was tangible. It was something that was yeah. obtainable. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't beyond my wildest imaginations. You know what I mean? It could be done. So it was it was great. And then that's where I, you know, I kind of we used to go every summer holidays. Uh, so it keep me off the streets a little yeah. bit, and, yeah. you know, <laughs> keep me away from rob cars and things like that. But Again, yeah, it was great, and it's it was good just to keep you out, tr- keep me out, out of trouble, trouble basically, you know? in in one sense of the word. And you know, surely my missus won't mind me saying this because I was very young at the time. But it was girls there as well. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. and that was one of the kind of you know, like I say, it was purely because of the arse why I got yeah. into it. But that came later on. Yeah, but at course. first, it was something fun to do. Something the other really enjoyed of keeping you out of trouble are boxing clubs and things like that. I've and there's only me. lads there. Yeah. yeah so, exactly. so this is, this is clearly... So this is perfect. And I don't have to get punched in the face. Exactly, this don't have brilliant. to get punched in the face. And I can show up, show off, and I'll, I'll possibly get a snog as well at the yeah. end of the play. So it was perfect <laughs> for me. It was, it was a dream, dream little thing to start doing. Yeah, that's It was so be. much fun as well, and I just remember enjoying it. And, and the other thing about it was there was, you know, there was people there from different walks of life. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I was into... At that time, I was I was like a break dancer, and I was into my hip hop and yeah. rap and stuff yeah. like that. But then I'd bump into people, and I'd meet people. I became friends who were into Morrissey and stuff yeah. like that, which wasn't really my cup of tea at the time. Yeah. But but you know, it, you got to meet them people, and you got to meet posh kids and kids yeah. from the same backgrounds as me, and kids from different backgrounds. Right, I'm joined by Michael Soccer. How you doing, man? I'm all right, thank you very much. You well? Very well today. Yeah. It's, it's uh, thank you for having me up here in 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 sunny Derby. Yeah, Derbyshire now. Derbyshire, you just yeah. you just yeah, it's nice to be. You you've kind of lived up this way your whole life. Yeah, right? yeah, I've lived in the city all my life, born and bred in Derby. Yeah, um, and then uh, through work, I've, I've sort of been here, there, bloody everywhere, and then settled back down just just outside of Derby. Yeah, S- Stephen Graham says this to me most days, like when we're discussing stuff on set of there's no small roles. There's only small actors, yeah. but still, it's it's easier to if there's something to to get your teeth of into, course, right? Man. So, but still, I guess you're cutting your teeth on on proper productions, and you're, yeah. you're seeing stuff. You're being in there, although it might not be the roles of your dream. You're in there, and you're yeah. on the front line, as it were. Yeah, definitely. I think from the age of about I'd say 19 to 21, really. Them for them two years, I was I was going up and down doing just like little parts. Casualty, bless bless them. They they put me on as a semi regular. By the end, Amazing. I was Ryan Malone, the part of a really rough family on the estate. Like, nice. And I died by having an overdose of heroin. Wow, there you go. But I'd been stabbed, then having an overdose of heroin, and then me, me car crashed on the way to the hospital. That's I was, three deaths. I was no way that's, coming that's back. essentially, yeah, 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 that's really, they're done with that, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. that's big. Um, <laughs> are ones that jumped out are, are when I was going through before this is England kind of made its its way back was summer was obviously kind of a big yeah, deal and man. a big a big thing and a big big moment for you yeah. so how was that when that kind of yeah. came about well that was the first time I worked with somebody who I thought was famous which yeah. was Bobby Carlyle yeah 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 I liked that part man I, yeah. I felt that I worked really hard in, in being that character yeah and being that character from that that place that that life which I, I don't know I think even if you ain't actually gone through that, what that boy went through, then you've still, I've got a lot of mates who have. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was nice, man. And Bobby Carlyle was just sweet. And it was a job where I thought, fucking hell, I'm, it's going somewhere, this. If they've yeah. employed me for this big, big job, and I had about five auditions with Kenny, and he's, he's having talks about my life, and we're going through impro after impro and bringing new people in for, 
for auditions, for like mixing the auditions together yeah, and yeah, improvising. Yeah. It was just fucking wicked, man. I loved that job. And there must be kind of perfectly timed because it was kind of a couple of years after you'd had the experience of This Is England kind of launching you into the world as, as such. And then yeah. you'd had a couple of years of not feeling it had gone where you'd hoped at that point. But yeah. a couple of years in, in reality, it's not long at all. It's so it's, fox, it's, no. it's kind of a good, a good thing that, the, that then you get that other injection of, of a film like that where you can kind of really get your teeth into it and think, right, this is, this is going somewhere. Uh, yeah, I, I learned a lot on that job as well with Steve and Bobby. Like, and I used to watch them when I went when I went on and, and watched the monitors and stuff. And I just fucking watched how, how I can't say simple because it fucking ain't, but how how great their performances were without doing much. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was just if they it, 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 what it sort of told me. You feel it. You're you're looking it. You know what I mean. Yeah. If you fucking invest and you and you. You're feeling the the things that that bloke's supposed to feel. You're going to look like you're feeling the, the things that bloke's supposed to feel. It's so great to work with people that you respect in that yeah. way, that you can can learn from in that way. Yeah. Because the fact is, yeah, I guarantee that there's points where they're thinking, oh, I'm not really sure what I'm meant to be doing here. Or, or do you know what I mean? There's <laughs> yeah. going to be certain yeah. days where like, I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure about this one, but you're watching them again. Look at that. That's just simplicity. It's just, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the thing that I've had... Um, in my f- brief experiences on set is watching people who I respect and, and, and am a fan of who haven't got l- lines in a particular scene. Yeah. Because it's exactly that of kind of going, all oh, right, that's, that's kind of, he's getting on with stuff. And I can, I don't know what's going on in his head, but I know there's other stuff going on yeah. and, and getting that kind of thing across. Cause they're the more, again, they're the more nervous things. If you've, if you've got a monologue, you've practiced it and you're excited, you're like, yeah. I'm going to, blow him away with this if you, you're just in the background they're the bits where it's like I don't want to just look like I'm not doing anything or I don't want to over like, like, like yeah, look as if I'm yeah. trying to edge onto camera in the background I and hate try and but that's the thing with in. what actors are though what I find a lot of the time is that some some actors are so desperate just to get themselves there on the screen or in the yeah. scene or whatever the fuck it is that they, they completely sabotage the drama yeah. And I see that so fucking much, man. 100%. And that's an ego thing. That's, that's just the ego. But again, it's the beauty of people who haven't come from, from maybe that traditional form is you don't seem to have that as much. And, and from, from speaking t- t- to you and Stevie and, and numerous others, it's more in, in, in my mind on set, it's like, right, what, where would my character be at this moment? Like, if yeah. there weren't any cameras here. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It'd be over here. I'm lying if I'd say... If I'd be right I'd be amongst there. it there. Yeah, exactly. in the middle of the circle. Exactly. So it's kind of, it's finding those points and going, right, now let's just play it out. Because again, you learn quite quick as well. They're going to shoot it from a shit ton of angles and everything yeah. else. So if, if you're not kind of thinking, I need to be right next to that person because you might be ruining that scene and they're not going to use that fucking angle anyway so it's like the fucking bullshit debates you have like like three actors outside of a door after uh, the amount of times this has happened I think I should be at the front oh no I think I should be at the front yeah get the fucking I just think for, I couldn't give a flying fuck yeah I yeah. mean if you've got a brilliant reason it, it's just you can smell it you if know you've got I mean? a good reason then the fine f- go ahead yeah. but you have had a good reason for the last five points where yeah. you weren't going to be at the front as well so I'm starting you just want to get think- your head in love you just want to get your, your face in first and it's it's sad when, when that's what, what it becomes I think yeah. I think a lot of I think a lot of actors some some are lucky to get in the game and a lot of them want to be seen it's about being yeah. seen and yeah. it's i just want to fucking convince really i yeah. want people to believe if anything and that's it it's 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 looking at it i like that it's looking at it 
a, like a long game. It's yeah. saying I ain't going anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I'm, I'm going to be doing this as my career now. So if I'm not in this scene, there's another gig. Or, or if I'm killed off in casualty, yeah. I know there's going to be another gig. I'm not going to yeah. be bummed out and say, don't kill me off. You can't kill me off. Yeah, I need yeah, this. I'm going yeah. to go, right, well, that was cool experience. Yeah. I wonder what's next, yeah. you know? I'm here today in the kitchen of Rob Parker. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thanks. It's good to have you up north, Pip. It's lovely to be up here, and I'm I'm excited to chat. Um, oh, we've been saying for ages that we're going to do this, haven't we? And yeah, we've just, I wasn't just not got round to I it. I wasn't quite sure if I was high enough in the pecking order on your radar to, to be to be Pip worthy for the uh, podcast. I'll be honest. Uh, the reason it's taken so long potentially is originally uh, me and Mr. Hardy, yes. our mutual friend Thomas. We're really up for doing one with all three of us, and that kind of delayed it a bit because obviously he's a busy man. Yeah, and it was it was it was one of them where I was like, right, I want to talk to Rob, and even if it means that when we do have Tom on, it's the three of us still. This means at this point that we can focus on just us. Yeah, that's focus. It's all about me today, isn't <laughs> exactly. it? Yeah, we don't want him taking all the limelight. Exactly. I was in the middle of Bradford doing something, and I get a phone call from from a number I didn't know. So, being kind of uh, you know, I, I answered the phone. And I answered the phone. It was like, "Hello, is that Rob?" I was like, "Yes." He said, "Hello, Rob. My name's Gary. I'm the second AD on uh, Taboo. Um, that's directed by Ridley Scott. Uh, a friend of yours, Tom Hardy, is in Taboo, and uh, we." Tom believes that you'd be perfect for a little role that's coming up. I went, well, sorry, what was your name again? He said, Gary. I went, uh, Gary? He went, yes. I said, get fucked. Put the phone down. Because I just thought it was a wind-up. <laughs> it had to be a wind-up. <laughs> so I'm like, anyway, the phone you know, he rings back. Yeah. He's like, no, Rob, I'm, I'm real serious. You know, this is it. This is it. You know, it goes through yeah. all the details. I'm like, shit, it's real. All right. He said, but the reason being, he said, you know, within the industry, it's, we've got to move really fast. It's Thursday now. We need you down in London on Monday for a costume test, makeup test. We start filming Wednesday. I was like, perfect. I've just ended my notice in. Yeah. And I've got two weeks free. It's like this, it was this just is, amazing yeah. timing. So anyway, uh, gets like speaks to Tom, like, Tom, is this guy legit? He was like, yeah, yeah, of course he is, mate. We want to see if you can do anything. Got yeah. a little role for you. So I get down to London, go to a place called Angels. Have you been, is that where you went for yours? No, I didn't. I oh, they came on, to you then, did they? No, no, I went for my, my fitting at, um, at Elstree. Oh, right. But um, yeah. So I went know. to a place called Angels, a big warehouse, just <laughs> yeah. full of costumes and stuff. Yeah. Some guy meets me, we get fitted for the costume, everything perfect. And then we go, I had to go to Ealing Studios. Yeah. So from Angels over to Ealing Studios, get to Ealing Studios. And That's where I went at Ealing not yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we go to Ealing Studios, there's a guy called Vlad who's here to yep. meet me. I got told, Vlad's going to meet you, he's going to take you where you need to go and everything else. I'm a bit nervous at this point because yeah. this is, I'm a rugby player. Whilst, you know, <laughs> I can go and, you know, yeah. beat people up on a rugby field, this is not what I'm cool with. You know, this is not my comfort. So he said, right, because I'm going to do the makeup test with you. So anyway, we knock on this, this big trailer and we get onto this trailer and Vlad says, this is Steph. Steph's going to be doing your makeup every day when you're on set. So, uh, you know, Rob meet Steph, Steph meet Rob. And so we shake hands with this, this girl, really, really nice, friendly, warm girl. And she said, oh, I, I Googled who I was doing makeup for the night before. And I realized you played rugby. Uh, I'm from Leeds. You know, I must have watched you play before. I've been watching Leeds Rhinos play Bradford Bulls. I was like, wow, a sigh of relief. Relaxed. You know, like, yeah. at least I'm not kind of trying to pretend to be someone. Yeah. I'm not, I'm a rugby player. Yeah. So she said, listen, I'm going to be doing your makeup every day on set. And because I have no experience, she went through it in layman's terms, how yeah. we're going to do. So before we go any further, we've got to get Erica, who's at the other end of the bus. Yeah. 
she's going to come down, she's going to go through your character, and we're going to practice your makeup. And when we practice your makeup, once we've got it sorted, we do everything, you know, as as and when. So, all right, right, that's cool. So I sit down, I've got the cloak over me, and you're looking into the mirrors, and you've got all the stud lights and all the makeup brushes and everything. And I can hear these 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 steps coming down. And this is Erica, and then she comes behind me, puts a hand on my shoulders. She looks into the mirror, looking back at me, and she's just gone, oh, wow, they're the most unusual set of ears I've ever seen. <laughs> so here's this rugby player from up yeah. north come down, and this, like, I think she was Swedish with yeah, purpley yeah, yeah. pink hair, just completely ruined me in one sentence. Brilliant. Like, And I've turned to her, and I was like, you what? And she went, oh. Look at your face with all those scars. I went, well, what do you mean? She went, it's a mess. You're perfect for this role. <laughs> so my, my new strap line is, I've got the most unusual ears uh, <laughs> within the industry. You see, Erica regularly told me that it was a lot of effort to ugly me up for the role because I was too... I, I can um, understand. My so, skin is too good. I'm too well looked after. I've got one scar, but you know... Yeah, it's a good you know, scar though. I like good, it. So, my, my my kind of introduction into the, the you know the filming was just you know really made me feel welcome. Yeah. And, and and I loved it because I, I don't I didn't realize first of all how hard actors work. Yeah, the hours and what's needed because there is a lot of waiting around. And whilst that might sound easy, there's a lot of mental energy that you waste from being around and learning lines. So. I did a few days, and I think I happily surprised Tom and yeah. a few other people. Like it was more of a bit of a punt. Yeah, you know, let's yeah. get Rob down. We'll stick him in the back, make him look tough. You know, thanks very much, Rob. Off you go. It's one of the handy things of a, a role in a situation like that when there's a few people in a gang. Yeah, is they can have a punt. Yeah. If you're not working, yeah, then you'll yeah. look good in the background. Yeah, we'll still. kill Do you. Know what we'll, I mean? yeah. Just, yeah. And anyway, Tom texted me a couple of days in. He was like. Uh, Mate, I actually think you're better than what probably I thought you were going to be. Yeah. He said, do you want to do a bit more? I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, this is brilliant. So anyway, I ended up, we did four or five weeks filming in total yeah. Yeah. from Cornwall to Luton and different yeah. places within, in a temple, was it, in the middle of yeah. London? Yeah, in London, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just loved it. I got to meet some amazing people yeah. like yourself and like with Stevie now, you know, we keep in touch yeah. and Tom and you, you know, we, I've met even the makeup artists where, you know, I still stay in touch because yeah. they were just, it's a gr- it's it a great felt fun. like a little family and I kind of want series two to happen oh. just so we have a reunion. Yeah. I'm joined today by Dave, Dave Johns or Dave Johns. Or, or David. D- Dave Johns. Because officially Dave Jones. on, on and my da- uh, my mum used to call us David when I did anything wrong. Yeah. So yeah. Dave. Yeah, so Dave. you're doing a, a lot right at the moment. Well, so yeah, we'll stick right with Dave. Yeah, we'll so, with yeah. Dave yeah. so how's it all going? Well, it's a bit of a mental t- it's a time at the moment yeah, with BAFTAs and all sorts. Yeah, it has the, since we mix. yeah no since since we started the um um, we shot the film in, in in 2015 in October in Newcastle. Yeah. And all I was thinking was, just don't fuck it up, Dave. Just yeah, don't fuck yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just don't be the one that ruins Ken Loach's career. Yeah. And, uh, and so I was, and then when it went to Cannes and won the BAFTA, uh, sorry, the um, the Bomb Door. Yeah. And it's just snowballed from then. It's, it's been, been crazy. 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 And it's it's beautiful. It's, it's one of the beautiful things of um, of independent 
as, as cinema is that you don't have that kind of all the focus is on that first week of cinematic release. Yeah, it yeah. seems like there's been a constant rumble and constant uh, excitement about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it started from Cannes, basically. I mean, we we, it, we got a um, we got a message on the Thursday when they showed um, the first few uh, press screenings that the critics were crying. In being a typical comic, I was going, oh, shit, was it that bad? And they went, no, 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 they're really moved by it. And then since then it just went and, like, you know, I've been going around different film festivals, you know, I've been doing film festivals, yeah. you know, Sarajevo, which is a... I don't know if you've been to Sarajevo. No, I never have. <gasps> what a cool city. That's got yeah. a great vibe to it, you know? You know? Yeah. So, so I thought that was pretty cool. They had... Uh, and we went to San Sebastian and Locarno and, and it's been just... There's been, a, it's like, you know, like a snowball just takes off yeah. the thing. It's just gathered, 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 yeah. gathered in all these red carpets. And basically I'm just going, well, let's, you know, let's have fun with let's it. Let's make the most of this, right? It was, it's beautiful. I, um, I, I, I went to a preview of it, um, because it's, it's weird that this has come about because it was on the cinematic release. It was a sponsor of the podcast. And right. when I have a sponsor, oh, right. I, I, I go to a preview and I, I tweeted about it at the time saying how much I loved it. And the beautiful thing thing i found was the outpouring of all the different st- st- stand-ups i know proudly saying i know him oh i know i know I mean, so I mean, the support I mean, has been amazing uh, well right? yeah i mean when when i was doing it on facebook i like from 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 when i got the audition i was just making story you know just trying to tell people what was going on on facebook yeah. and i said should i keep on going they're going no no do it and it was like they said they were all feeling as well, like they were there in Cannes yeah. on the red carpet. Yeah. And they've been following it all the way through. And it's been really support. I mean, I mean, I've been surprised at how fantastic two, you know, a man and a woman, they've all been so, so enthusiastic about and it. it you know? And it's an industry that can go well, the opposite yeah. way. Yeah, you well, know? Yeah, Again, yeah. I've got good yeah. mates in the comedy industry yeah. who openly admit that even if a close friend of theirs gets a gig that they, yeah. they wanted, yeah. there's a little part of them going, oh, I hope it's shit. <laughs> and then I got this text. Would you like... Ken Loach is looking for a guy your age, northeast. So I went, oh, so and Kayleen Crawford, who's the casting director, she, um, I saw her at um, at one of the big um, dues for the um, awards, and she said to me, "I've still got your text." She said, it makes us laugh. Now, what's happened to the film? It went, yeah. "Hello, my name's Dave Johns. I'm a comic. And yeah, Ken Loach is looking for a bloke my age. I'd be up for that." <laughs> and she said, I've got to see this bloke. So she just got set up a meeting and I came in, seen Ken, had 10 minutes to talk to him, cracked on, talked about football. He's a big football fan. Yeah. Um, he just wanted to know where I was from, didn't want to know what I'd done before. That's great. And he said, well, we'll come and have you in. I came in, I did uh, three castings where I was with different actresses, yeah. where, where we just did conversations with each other, you know. And the first actress I did and the first in, in Spotlight in London was uh, Hayley, who plays yeah. um, Kate. Amazing and, uh, as well. And, and, yeah, oh, she's... she's yeah. She, yeah. I, mean, she, I mean, she's on her way in hell, that girl, yeah. you know. She, she's 26 and she's amazing talent. And something must have gelled with me and her. Yeah. And then I went away and I did it with other girls, came back for a, for, for a final casting, two girls I hadn't met, and Kate yeah. and Hayley, in Newcastle, half a day. And then he phoned me up and he goes... Where will you be in my film? <laughs> I was like, what? Wow. Yeah. And the first thing I remember is just, Dave, just don't fuck this up. Yeah. Just don't fuck this up. I'm sat here with uh, Neil Fitzmaurice. How are you doing? I'm all right, Pip. I'm good, man. Um, I recorded one of these the other day with Chris Fairbank. Yeah. And we had to be all vague about what we're doing. But since that one was recorded and before it's gone out it's been announced oh okay I so, didn't know that so yesterday they announced uh, Walk Like a Panther 
Oh, excellent. And that's what we're working on. So, so, yes. so we can talk a bit. Yes. Obviously, we won't go into tons of detail, but we no. can say that we're, we've done a scene this morning and now we've got some hours to kill. As is the case so in thought, this business, yeah. Yeah, so we thought, let's have a little chat. So we've come to the top deck of the hot catering bus. Yeah. I don't know why I chose this, but I thought it was a bit quiet and we've got a table. So yeah, it's nice. So we can it's like if I close my eyes, we're on a train. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and killing t- a, a time on a train with yeah. casual conversation, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. ideal, right? But um, yeah, it's been great fun so far, hasn't it? It's been we're wicked. kind of t- teamed up in this, and that was lovely because I'm uh, a fan of and aware of loads of your work over the years, and I've been, I've been lucky in the two things, because in this and in Taboo, I had a fair bit that was improvised dialogue. Mm. And in that one, I was teamed up with Stevie Graham. Mm. And in this one, uh, um, um, me and Gus Khan are teamed up with you. Yeah. So it kind of felt we're in safe hands. And yeah, man. It it's was, been a lot of fun so far, hasn't it? It's been great fun, Pip. It's been great fun. And uh, I always like a bit of ad-lib. It's good fun, isn't it? Because you get yeah. to stretch your, you know, your capabilities a little bit, don't you? Yeah. And again, from the first scene, really, it felt we all, our characters knew who they were instantly. So yeah. it's quite easy because we were actually... In fact, I've not mentioned this, I think. It was you, me, and Guz were the first scene of the film, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, so we yeah. were, the crew were all new, yeah. everyone was new, yeah. and we had a right old laugh. Some of the about. crew were different then. <laughs> yeah, the crew have changed a little bit as, as time has gone on. But yeah, it's been nice to have that freedom, I think, to yeah. mess about and ad lib yeah. and enjoy ourselves a bit. It's, yeah. it's a nerve, nerve wracking for me at times because I'm newer to it, but yeah. we've not really had one that's. That's, that's fallen on its arse. It's all been quite... No, it's good. It's, uh, unless they're just really patronising this and going, yeah, that was great, lads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, it's it been good fun. I think, I think you've... You, I mean, you, you're a man who's not... Uh, who's known for being able to come up with a word or two. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Gus is yeah. a great athlete because he's a very, very naturally funny guy. It's wonderful. It's yeah. so hard for me. I have to concentrate on my ad-lib because Gus is doing such a good... Like, Brummy accent, yeah, yeah, and that's one of my favourite go because I lived in the Midlands briefly. Yeah. It's so hard to keep my character as more kind of I'm doing more of a London accent. It's like, yeah. it's so like every now there's, there's been a couple of it where I've ad libbed something and it's just been doing an impression of Gaz. Like, <laughs> stop it, try and focus, and uh, and yeah, we'll get on with it. I made a conscious decision when I was a kid, and I didn't want to go to London, I didn't want to train, yeah, in London. I would have trained in Liverpool, but I'm such I'm from such a close family. Yeah. I simply didn't want to leave my family. I yeah, didn't want to yeah, leave yeah, my yeah. mum and dad. And I didn't want to leave my brothers yeah. uh, and my friends. So I didn't, you know, I, I think a lot of people who go away to, to, to drama school and stuff, I think they, there's an edge to go and get away or there's an edge to find yeah. themselves. Or the, I never had that edge. Yeah. And then with that edge, the more, the, more, the more I was getting into my acting, the more I was, I've always seen the visuals of things. I've always been able to look at something and go, this would be a really good scene if this happened then and, I don't know why, it's, I, I just see things in, in scenes sometimes. Yeah. And, yeah. and then it become apparent to me that I wanted to write a film in Liverpool. Liverpool's one of, I think outside London, it's the most filmed cap- yeah. uh, city in, oh, really? in Europe. Yeah, yeah it's, wow. it, it's extraordinary, the buildings. It's got the most grade two as the buildings outside right. of London yeah, in the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has an incredible span of architecture and different, different depths of architecture. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, a lot of stuff set in New York is done in, on the Dock Road because they have those zigzag fire, right, fire escapes yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. so I always used to walk around the streets of the pool going this would be a great place to do so that took me away from uh, wanting, to, wanting to go to drama school and, but in the meantime then I was I had no chance as an actor I had no yeah. agents I had no you know I'm from Liverpool I stayed in Liverpool I wasn't in yeah. London I wasn't where everything was happening yeah. so it was a real struggle and for 10 
11 years I didn't do anything it was right. really really difficult I did um, I got a little bit in, in Brookside was, when it was about I was going to say if, you, if you're from the south the route is EastEnders the yeah. casual if you're from the north Coronation Street yeah. at that time Brookside still the bill yeah, you know that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's that's an international one yeah, there. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it seems to be that's kind of the route in. But I don't know. Oh, oh, and Emmerdale as well, I guess. But again, I kind of I love that that's that we've that that is kind of a set. Yeah. Like you'll be stunned at how many actors I have on that you go back and it's like, all right, there's EastEnders or the Bill or well, Casualty or and wonderfully as well, camera operators and writers yeah, and, yeah. and you know Jimmy McGovern, one of our best yeah. writers, was a Brookside writer. And I guess again. It's logical because the logic is it's on constantly. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to need a constant run of actors and, and, and cast and crew essentially because yeah. it's like, well, it's it's never ending. It's no. been going for so long. It's not like a series where, well, we'll shoot our eight episodes and then we wrap for yeah. a year. It's like, no, this is we need people you need now. A revolving door of stuff yeah. going on. <laughs> so so I, it makes sense. But I didn't work for a long, long time, and I was, uh, and then, and then I was. My brother said to me, you, you're, "You're a funny lad. Why don't you?" Do some stand up, and I went, You know what? He went, And I think I was drunk this night. And I went, Yeah, yeah, I'll do it here. I'll do it in the bar. And he went, Yeah, we can do it in the wine bar. Like next Thursday or whatever, you know. And I went, Yeah, let's do it. And then sobered up. And then <laughs> and then he said to me a couple of days later, You know, you're doing this thing on Thursday. And I went, Doing what? And he went, You're doing this comedy night. And I went, No, no. There might have been a couple of Thursdays yeah. away. And he went, You are, because I've had posters printed and I've paid for them. Amazing. So, so it was literally a case where they got me a mate, and I went, Do you want to do it with me? And he went, yeah, we'll have a go. And it was, I can remember we filmed the first couple I did and my body language was incredible. I had the mic in one hand and I was scratching me back <laughs> talking. It was so uncomfortable to just watch. trying to look casual. Trying to look casual. Yeah. of looking of yeah. casual. Just awful. But, I mean, I've said, and I've said, you know, in the past, that regardless of my acting background, regardless of what I, because I've done a lot of theatre and stuff by then, my first stand-up gig was like a horror that I'd never... It was a terror that I'd never experienced before. Yeah. You may have done it with your first spoken word, but yeah, yeah. because it was all mine, because it was... It's, it, it's you. you laying yourself bare. You yeah. know, I hadn't been a character that Shakespeare wrote. You know, I hadn't yeah. been... And I can remember my heart beating. I could feel... The, you could see the pulse in my neck. It was that... Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, and... and, I, and I, so I'd been, I'd been, you know... Pissballing about a bit with in the, in this in the wine bar, but then I entered the competition in, in the Everyman Theatre, which was a stand competition. Started doing a bit more, and uh, that was when the real terror started because that was a big audience of people yeah. expecting something funny. You know what I mean? And then it just went from there, really. I mean, I think stand up's all about experience, like everything else, yeah. I suppose. But you know, that was back. You in need the, to get those hours in. I'm here with. Mr. Christopher Fairbank, how are you, sir? I'm pretty good, thanks, Pip. Yeah. That was a very yeah. formal introduction, I thought. I thought I'd go formal on this one. <laughs> well, that's very kind of you. Most people don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it, it's always awkward doing a podcast with anyone you're working on a project with, because in general, mm. there's all sorts of embargoes on talking about that project in any way, shape, or form. Absolutely. So we're working on something, and it's been... Are, are really nice and we'd have, and we've had some nice chats on set and i thought it'd be great to get that um on on the record as such um, so why not yeah I, f- I thought we'd have a chat um it does make your mind a boggle a little bit of what is what was it that made that formula just yeah come together and yep. work for the public as such well i guess the uh, the, the thing is that uh, it is an unanswerable uh, yeah. unquantifiable uh, yeah. 
situation. Otherwise, uh, it would be formulaized, bottled, and every single movie would be a blistering yes. success. It, it, it'd be easy, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Exactly, and that's um, also another key factor, I, I think, in any um, uh, project, yeah. is um, when things seem to be a bit too easy, when everybody is slapping yeah. each other on the back and high-fiving and hugging and how aren't we wonderful, I start to get a little bit nervous yeah. uh, because there has to be that difficulty. Yeah. There has to be some sort of, of conflict. I don't mean, you know, bust-ups and hissy fits and uh, no. all the rest of it, although, although it is part and parcel of, of the thing because you are working in a, in a sort of um, heightened, um, unreal, uh, dreamed-up, yeah. Uh, reality yeah. and uh, sometimes dreams clash yeah. uh, to put it uh, 100% I, I, one way you I know can... but it's all grist to the mill it's all part and parcel of the process yeah. and for me somehow um a little bit of uh, of conflict, um, things going uh, slightly wrong, yeah. uh, uh, plan B's having to be hashed together a bit fast and uh, let's see if we can get round the obstacle this way. Those kind of problems yeah. that uh, always engender some sort of conflict, um, I find uh, make the whole thing real and I feel much more rooted in, um, in what I'm doing yeah. uh, when it is like that. Lady Macbeth, uh, it was cold. Oh, that house was cold. Man. Yeah, you know, yeah. and because it was so low budget, um, there were no uh, facilities. Yeah. Um, there weren't dressing rooms. There was one room that we were allocated for uh, for wardrobe and makeup. Right. Um, wow. uh, sorry, I'm um, um, uh, gilding the lily there in a sense. Uh, there was a, a makeup room, but there was it was just one room. Yeah, uh, yeah. for both uh, um, situations, uh, there were no dressing rooms. There was uh, a curtain that you could mm -hmm. sort of discreetly uh, <laughs> change behind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was nowhere to sit, and that is really difficult yeah. uh, because so much of well any actor's uh, um, input uh, in. Uh, any given day's filming uh, involves an awful lot of hanging around yeah, because yeah, unless course. you are in every single scene, um, there is going to be quite a lot of time where, um, A, you're not wanted and, and B, um, uh, sorry, uh, A, you're not needed and B, you are most definitely not wanted yeah, uh, yeah. lurking around, uh, getting in people's way 100%. and all the rest of it. It's, it's what... Uh, 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 being so new to this industry, it's it's what I love is I've found the areas of of monitors or of wherever else where I can be making the most of my time waiting around. I can be learning or I can mm. be talking to guys who have been doing this a long time and things like that and learning and, and being experienced without being that. I, I know on the first thing I did a few times, I really wanted to be kind of watching as it was being filmed and things like that. and again, you learn quite quickly that there's a lot going on there. We need yes. you out the way. You, out the way. But again, if you if you can get off to Monitor World or anywhere else, then that's kind of somewhere where you can be be watching and yes, learning and absolutely. taking it in and not causing absolutely. any yeah. any grief. It's an interesting one because I I completely agree with what you say there. If if everyone making it is having too much fun, then it feels like in a lot of instances that's not going to translate on the screen mm. it seems like f f f 
fun at the time, but it will feel that might not come across. Now, weirdly, again, being vague and mysterious, the project we're working on at the moment, the main drive of the story is a unity and mm-hmm. everyone pulling together. So it feels Absolutely. on this project, the fact that everyone seems to get on really well, that feels like that will translate Indeed. in this project. It's not the kind of project where Absolutely. that's an issue, but but they're rare. Yeah. I think it, I think if, in, in 90%... A, a taboo, for example, taboo was one where there was a lot of people are working hard and having to make plan B's and all that. If everyone had been there every day laughing and messing about, that wouldn't have translated in exactly. that type of show because yes, yes. it's very bleak no. and very yeah, dark and very say, serious. Yeah. So yeah. that wouldn't have worked there. Entirely different, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, he 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 had a lot on his his shoulders. He had a job to do. So yeah, well, it kind of it and how it yeah, it, yeah. it pulls all that together in that way. Yeah. Um, and I, I was still doing plays with Merseyside Unity. Fantastic. And it was a production of Live Like Pigs by mm-hmm. John Arden. And the director of this production was a guy called Bill Murray, not the Hollywood <laughs> yeah. uh, Bill Murray. But yeah. um, he, uh, the Bill Murray that I I knew, um, uh, was a tutor at a uh, teacher's training college right. uh, in Ormskirk. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was also a professional actor. Um, but as I much later on uh, found out, his firstborn was severely autistic. Right. And he had to make the terrible choice of the vicarious living that acting is mm-hmm. um, or a steady job that kept him at home in yeah, order sure. to obviously uh, be with his uh, his son and uh, support uh, uh, the mother and, and so on and so forth. And that's what he did. But he was forever regaling tales of rap and yeah. I hung on every word of course, yeah, of course. Uh, i mean he was like god to me yeah and it was during the technical of of this production that he and only he the very first person in my life at that point who'd asked me had i ever thought about becoming a professional actor right to which i said oh think about little else but yeah. i don't think i'm good enough and he said oh nonsense of course you are so i said but i don't know how to go about it i don't know what to do yeah and he said well you go to drama school and then from there you enter the profession and i said well i know that you were an actor did you go to drama school and he said well i did as a matter of fact i, uh, I went to to rada which impressed the hell out of me mm-hmm. um so i i said oh uh, and with his uh, support, um, I immediately um, got prospectuses and application forms wow. for uh, RADA, Central, and Bristol Old Vic. Mm-hmm. But then, as I was waiting for all of these to come through the post, I suddenly hit a real downer because I still had a year's probation to do right. under a supervisionary uh uh, situation right and which I would had, restrict well kind of that's what i thought i, I thought you know oh this is what what's the point and um it was the following appointment that i had with me liverpool uh probation officer who was anything but the uh sort of gentle touchy-feely if you will not in the literal yeah, yeah, sense yeah, yeah, of the yeah, word yeah, yeah. um but um mr slee yeah. uh in saffron warden was um very rural yeah and i wish i could remember um uh i know it was tom and i know it was the vernon building on london road that i had to go to in liverpool yeah. but uh tom was uh a different slice of the cake shall yeah. we say yeah. you know and he <laughs> He left me in no doubt 
<laughs> he wasn't going to take any messing or mugging yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. minute that I slip up, you won't see, you know, this office anymore. Yeah. It will be back to court, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But um, there was something really good about him because uh, I appreciated his forthrightness, really. Yeah. You know, yeah. I knew exactly where I stood with him. Anyway, yeah. I came in and he said, what's the matter with you? You know, you're looking miserable. Uh, what's gone wrong? And I, I said, well, you know, I, I, I've been given encouragement to become an actor, which is what I want to do. And I want to go to drama school. But what's the point? Because I've still got a, a year's probation to, uh, to do. And I can't just keep cutting out of classes to see yet another probation. He said, listen. He said, under the rules of probation anyway, um, after you've completed half of your order, um, i.e. in about three or four weeks' time, the year was coming up, he said, your case is automatically reviewed. Right. And he said, and if you get accepted at a drama school or any other college, uh, that will go a long way, along with my report, Mm-hmm. to seeing your uh, other year completely dropped. Amazing. He said, you've got no idea the people that I've seen over the years who right. are completely without hope, without motivation, yeah. without anything to mm-hmm. do anything other than repeat a pattern that has been set yeah. and will never be broken. Yeah. He said, if you can do something with your life, believe me, lad, I'll be right behind you. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, talk about acting and, and your career. Was was acting always something that you were planning to do and wanted to do? Was that what you were, as a kid, were you uh, uh, were you your son or your daughter? Uh, uh, were you the confident one or the more quiet and sensitive Bit one? Bit of both. Bit of both. Robbers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to do it. I just, you know, it wasn't really an attainable thing. Yeah. You know, I'm from a little village in Yorkshire and my dad was like, well, you're going to have to go to school, A, and university, and then maybe, maybe, maybe drama school, and then maybe, you know, and I was like, no, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then right time, right place at 17, I got an offer. And then I started working from 17. It was insane, you know, but, I've, but until Thrones, I was just... In this, you know, doing what we all do, which is going to auditions, trying not to smell of desperation for certain jobs, you know, and just making it work. You know, that's the funny thing. Everyone's like, oh, you've made it, you've made it, you've made it. And it's like, there was years before that. I feel incredibly lucky to have had this moment. The the thing that I find quite fascinating about uh, this industry and coming from music where there's kind of more control is is the, the submission of control. Of you don't you do a project and you don't know if it's going to be a no, good project. So you've just got you to can enjoy go and it. do your best and do it amazing, and it can feel at the time amazing. And when it comes out, it could be horseshit, or oh, vice shit. versa. You could have one that's like that was a horrible few months, really conflict constantly. Yes, but something in there pulled out this amazing this amazing piece. So yeah, it's a weird industry for that and a weird world of that. But that's I think that takes a long time to sort of grasp or or surrender to do you know what i mean it's it's hard because you if you think on different levels of visuals or you know just writing and story and all that stuff it's quite hard to just be an actor i don't mean like just be an actor but you you do have to just give it all up and and enjoy the journey and think exactly i have fuck all control if they use that tape where i thought fucking nailed that 
know yeah. what I mean? Then you turn up and it's not in, but there's like other, you never ever know. Yeah. And I think that takes a while to stop feeling disappointed yeah. because you thought you were in control of it and you really have Completely. fuck all to do with that. And when you can give that control up, it's, it's liberating, yeah, right? Because if you're busy, then the reality is by the time that film comes out, you can't particularly remember what the best take was. Or what, no. Do you know what I mean? You've moved on because you've done another project and another project. Yes. That it's kind of, it's just there now. So that's got to be a nice thing in, in many ways to not have that. It must be hard for a director or editor or whoever else to have that, to start it and then continue to, to be focused on that for, for months and months when you get to go and go, here it is. I'll yeah, see you later. Like a big puke. Yeah. And then yeah, you're like yeah. on to the next. Here's everything. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. So what was were there jobs along the way that made you question <laughs> that career path? Hmm. And were there jobs that made you go, No, this is right, I'm doing I'm doing the right thing? Or was it always, no, this is what I do now. This is it. Well I can't do anything else. It's a bit like the old TED Talks. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is all I know. I really, I mean, I, you know, achieved fuck all at school and I have no qualifications. Yeah. So what I've learned yeah. over 25 years now is, uh, you know, I now feel qualified to start producing and yeah. start directing and doing all those things yeah. that I've been interested in for 10, 20 years. So that's sort of where I'd like to head into. It's a beautiful thing. I love the... Um if you've got something to fall back on, you're likely to fall back outlook of that. Where right. it's like you had nothing else to, if acting is all you know, then acting is what you're going to be doing. Forward. And, and your career is a great example of that. Cause again, there is stuff I want to talk about uh, along the way, but let's get to Thrones. Cause that's the biggest TV show of all time. And you're one of the main characters in the biggest TV show of all time. Um, but even then you will, one of the few kind of established actors involved in it. I had um, John Bradley on. And yeah. It was mad to hear. It was like, it was my first gig. I know. It was like, it was literally, it he's was out so, of acting school. So like, and so many gigs. of it was their first gig. And yeah. then you would have done tens of things that you're like, when you get the casting, you're like, this is going to be the one. And then it turns out it doesn't work, or one series happens, it doesn't click, or whatever else. So you could never know, and then Thrones comes along, and did you feel at the time that this is the one? No, no, no. no. I mean, honestly, because we shot the pilot in a really low budget, yeah, in a sort of freezing cold hall in the middle of Scotland in the Highlands, Amazing. and I think all of us were like, "What? What are we doing? What the fuck is this?" <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it was out of nowhere as well, because again, people forget that whilst there's a lot of of fantasy type stuff. Now there wasn't at that point. We yeah, were in exactly. the midst of vampire well, we all, yeah, type but we stuff all laughed hot. at this sort of genre. Yeah. People were like so not cool. Do you know yeah, what I mean? To yeah. even go I guess near that Lord genre. Lord of the Rings and that had happened, but still, that was Lord of the Rings. It was. It was. It felt like it was its own little thing. It didn't yes. feel like that's a. And it's sort of that. So Lord of the Rings sort of had that a bit of earthiness, which which Throne sort of manages to have, and yeah. it's that thing. You know, it could be. And I, I do always ask every time we do the same, like, can we do a camp take? Because the, you know, the Joan Crawford in me is like, it's so ripe for that. Yeah. And they're like, we haven't got the time, Lena. I'm like, no, I've been asking for like eight years. Yeah. To sort of rein <laughs> yeah. that in. Yeah. You know, because we're talking about dragons and grumpkins and, 
You yeah. know what I mean? Master of Coin and Raven. It's like, it's bonkers. So you've got to sit in a real seat of reality yeah. to make it what people see it to be and what people love about it and what people, you know, recognise in it. Yeah. It's a, it's a funny old thing, man. And that's the beauty of it. One of my favourite things, because I became a fan late. I, two Christmases ago, I watched, I think, the first five series just in a row. And I, I'd, I'd come out of a relationship. <laughs> I knew that was coming. It was, it was a tough Christmas. Um, but I really enjoyed it. There was loads of dragons and sex. <laughs> Best Christmas ever. Um, but there was a podcast that I, was, I, I listened to, the Joe Rogan podcast, and, and Brendan Schaub is a guy on a podcast called The Fighting Kid. And they were all into it, except for this guy, Brendan, who's an ex-UFC fighter. Right. And he just kept saying, is there dragons? I'm cool. I don't need to watch it. I'm all good, thanks. And then following their podcast, and now he's the biggest fan of it, and he's got boots he wears. He's like, he refers to it as his Game of Thrones boots because they've got a big buckle on. And things like that. It's like, I love that. that there, there can be that outlook of, or as you said there, it is silly. It's a silly idea. It's, it's a, a silly, silly thing idea. that you're making. You've spent... Eight years or however many years on something very silly. Yes. But it's wonderful. It's, you know, it's, it's wonderful in, in what actually happens. On, it shouldn't be as wonderful well, as it is Well, it's our job. That's sort of like the perfect example of this job. Like you said earlier, yeah. we just get to play. Do you know what I mean? Which is yeah. that it, it is. I mean, I take it incre- I take the silliness really seriously. I yeah. like to find the truth in everything. Like yeah. I, I, I'm such a fucking nerd about it. And yet you're right. It's the most perfect example of how ridiculous it is. Yeah. And yet. It really works yeah. for some yeah. reason. And genuinely, it really works. And I can imagine that as a tough one as as an actor because as, as some of the topics addressed, like, I mean, we've joked about the incest part, but it's an integral part to your character and the story and it's mm. really weird and not many series have gone into that kind of weirdness, but Odd. it's had good points and low points. Do you know what I mean? It's, there's been points where there's genuine affection and beauty and there's been points where it's manic and hideous. But equally, uh, yeah, just tons of really challenging storylines that you'll have to have got yourself into a really serious place in and really delve quite deep. And mm-hmm. then on the next page, it's... And then the dragon comes. Um, and, and then, yeah, yeah. And it's like, that must be a hard one to to get those performances in many ways and to get that seriousness out and to not just go for a kitsch take because yeah. the realism in it is very real. And, I mean, the prime example of the whole show, I think, is is the shame storyline that you did. That yeah. was heart-wrenching and powerful and, you know, a real emotional piece in this silly dragon show. How was that to kind of to bring something like that into the forefront and into the... Again, I was going to say into the real world, but but into this world that's been built. Um, I mean, it was that that the walk of shame was always what I knew was going to happen to Cersei. Like I didn't know beyond that point when I met David and Dan years ago. They were like, "This is where she starts, and that's where oh, she wow. ends." So the so that was the only storyline I sort of knew. Right, that's fascinating. And that Cause they took their time to get to it as well. Yes, yeah. beautifully so. Yeah, and I so I was always excited to. I was new there was a giant fall coming for Cersei. Yeah. And, and also, you know, we spoke about this the other day on set. We did a whole chat about eight seasons about yeah. it, which was really sad, actually. I was like, oh, and then I suddenly realised, fuck, this has been eight years of my life. It's going to be done. Be I'm not going back. Yeah. So to make that little piece there was just this accumulation of all of her denial and all of her sort of desperate moves and her, her one mistake, Cersei's sort of one 
yeah. mistake. She's always like, I'll fucking show everybody that I'm right about everything. And she's got, she's, there's a sort of child in Cersei that's very cross yeah. and doesn't want to listen to anybody because her dad was a shit. Yeah. So that's sort of where I sit with her a lot of the time. Yeah. And I'm joined by Gus Khan. How you doing, man? Pip, my broski, I'm good. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. I'm glad um, you allowed me to speak to your people and, <laughs> and, and schedule some time to talk to you. <laughs> Bruv, don't mug me off like that. I would have come and linked you in a car park, yeah? <laughs> I like that. But, but let's give that background then. We met um, filming earlier, oh, when this comes out, it'll be last year, but early 2017 on... On a film called A Walk Like a Panther, which I think both of us, we didn't really know what to expect because we were quite a last minute castings on it. And yeah. I believe in the original pilot or the original mini version, our character was was one person and then they liked us both and made and two Terry's. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of, it was quite a last minute thing. And I think we both were really pleased that you, me and Neil... Yeah, uh, Fitzmaurice just kind of hit it off and just had every every day was kind of a bit of a mess about and a laugh. But I mean, for for me, the big thing is like, you always uh, be new to it. I always want to check who I'm working with. And yeah. for, for yourself, uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm going to gas you now. I thought you were dope from, from day. <laughs> you got what I mean? Like, oh, which, is, which, is, which is nice because you, you come in and you think, right, this guy's dope. And so I was trying to keep it a bit professional. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then with Neil... Uh, just his involvement in Phoenix Nights yeah. as a comedy phenomenon, someone who just, myself, loves comedy, I was thinking, right, this is dope. But then you still have that apprehension, like, uh, are these cats going to be vibes? How do I behave? Because, bro, for me, and I'm, I'm not sure you said, that was like the first, I mean, that's Hollywood level thing there, bro. That's yeah. going to be on, yeah. that's going to be in the cinemas. So I'm just thinking, what? How? I'm going to be myself, but is there etiquette? Is there, do you know what I mean, bruv? Just trying to get, go through all these basic things. And knowing particularly with a thing like that, where it's such an ensemble cast as well, like everyone on set I recognised, but it's one of them weird yeah. ones. If I looked at, this is going to, this isn't a, this in any way, it's my ignorance, but I looked at the cast sheet and thought, I know a couple of them names. Yeah. I got there and I genuinely knew every face. And that was that kind of fear of, well, again, we're both brand new to this. So they're going to have bags of experience. Yes. Are we going to put our foot in our mouth or, or, or do something wrong? But honestly, I thought everyone was absolutely golden. Bro, every, everybody we met from day one was, they were just dope. But yeah. I think going back to that point that you just said, for the fact that when we first met, it was like, yeah, this is kind of our first thing like yeah. this. I automatically felt rough. I've got someone to bounce off. You get what I mean? Completely. Pips, Pips here. He'll be learning, I'll be learning. And it, it, for me personally, that set up, and the fact that we were working together so closely, yeah. that put me in like, rah, I'm in the right space. Yeah. Do you know? I could be myself. I think if... It makes a huge, huge difference. Bruh. Right? I, I kind of, it's going to sound odd, but the, the thing I'd done before, on my first day, I was paired up with Stephen Graham and intimidated because he's a legend. And the first day we sparked. And it was the same on, on Panther because there was... And again, it's worth... Oh, worth highlighting. The script was amazing and what got me on board. Yeah, yeah. But the beauty of Dan directing it was he let us improvise. I'd, I'd say up to 70% of our stuff was improvised in that. In in the end, like there was a lot where it was like, oh, we need to do this extra scene. Yeah. Uh, let's figure it out. And that started on the first day. Us 
stood on and again weirdly our scene was the first scene or one of our scenes was the first scene of the whole film shot yeah so we had this first day of i don't know i guess we benefited from it was everyone's first day and so we got to be there and all be kind of nervous around each other but go oh everyone's all right and yeah we had each other to bounce off in that way bro and I, you know looking back on it if i was to assess it for a minute i would think that the fact that we were so new yeah was of massive benefit. I think if I knew the game, like, I, I remember speaking to other people like, oh, bro, make sure you might just do the lines, yeah? yeah. Just do, the lines are on the page, because, yeah? yeah? Just shut your mouth, do what's on the page. But straight away, we were improving, going over each other's sentences. And I think for, for Neil as well, who's kind of yeah. like the, the leader of our gang, essentially, he clicked on with that. And then as soon as I knew he was vibes in, I was like, right, this is, this is good. I mean, that's a, a great point. It took that, First day of Neil being like, oh, this is working. And yeah. improvising are with us to give me the confidence, at least, to think, oh, we can get away with this. Because he he's one of the... It's, it, it is an odd one, because I think we had that that freedom, potentially, because it is an older cast. Like, it's it a is. story of, yeah. of, of retired wrestlers, and Stevie is, is, is the young lad in it. And we're obviously a younger than Stevie. So I think it, it meant that because we're the two characters that were two of the... The younger ones, I guess, it, they they kind of thought, oh, you know, they know what's what work or what people will like. They gave go. us that slight freedom, which yes. was amazing. It's scary for me because you come f- from comedy and I don't. I've come from a working class situations where you're all joking and laughing and making your mates laugh, yeah, but yeah. not as a professional. So that was kind of nice that there was a few bits that we just improvised that, that hit. And then it was just, had that that faith, right? But, bro, I think the big thing that you just mentioned there is that even when I went for the casting of that, yeah. you have the perception of like, oh, this guy does comedy. But by no stretch of the imagination uh, do, do I think I'm like a comedy guy. I think I'm yeah. exactly like you, which is why I think we spot. Like in yeah. terms of when you're, when you're having conversation with somebody, a lot of the stuff that our characters brought to the screen were very like real, like daft, silly, yeah. I totally get that. And I think uh, when I was, when I was watching Fitzy or some of the other performers and stuff, you could say, like, oh yeah, they're sick. You know, like they're, yeah. bro, they're trained and like, these men have got ring yeah. time. They, they know what they're doing. Whereas for me, I think the reason why it works so well is that we both from that, though I've, I've picked up a microphone and done comedy on stage. I still feel very raw in myself. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a, for me, it was a huge benefit. Like, right, this, this kid's like me. My, 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 my highlight of, of the whole year, I think, or, or at least the most I've laughed in a long time was on one of our last days and we weren't even shooting and we were sitting at the back in a wrestling arena thing. Yeah, yeah. And I won't say what we looked up on my phone, <laughs> but we looked up a previous gig of, of, of one of the, the members of crew and we were just in tears. We almost had to leave because they're trying to film and it was a scene where people are cheering and that, but we were just... It had got to that point of feeling like we're just... And messing about in class, if you know what I mean. Do you know, it, it felt like we're at the back of the class just having a laugh, which helped when it came to our scenes, even on that day, I think. Yeah, it yeah, was. yeah. It's most like, right, we've got loose. We've been messing about. And now they're like, now go and do your bit. Do you know what I mean? It felt, I, bro, it, felt it, it translated. 100%. And I, I think, did it, I've still got it in my head. Yes. Do you remember we was looking at, we was giving my man screw faces like blood. This is weird. Like, yeah. I, I'm like, partially offended but way more than offended like bruv that's dope 
You've been listening to Squibbish Picks, the Scratchdown Pieces. There we go. That was our first ever kind of compilation episode. But um, I like it. If, if, if Buddy Peace doesn't get too annoyed with me, I might see any other opportunities to do little compilation episodes because, um, yeah, it's cool to, to look back. Cause we've, because we're approaching 200 episodes now, it's easy to forget a lot of people have been on in the past or if you're new to the podcast to just not have time to kind of look through everyone. So it's cool. I like the idea of these these little these highlight ones every now and then to go, you might not have listened to this episode. And if you've heard any here that you hadn't listened to in full, feel free to go and give them a little listen after you've been to see Walk Like a Panther in cinemas around the UK. March 9th, out now. Um, I'll see you all next week. I've got a hell of a lot of amazing guests at the moment. Um, I'm not going to say at, at present, I'm recording two more this week. So next week is Steve McNeil who is a comedian and who's one of the creators and stars and hosts of Go 8-Bit on Dave, which is one of my my favourite channels. So so we talk about comedy and computer games. Then I've got... I've recorded one with Jamali Maddox, who's a great comedian and has done an amazing series on Vice called Hate Thy Neighbour. And then I've got two I'm recording later this week that feel like two of the most important ones I've... I'm going to ever record, but I don't want to mention them until they're in the bag because I don't like doing that. Um, so yeah, loads of good stuff to come. Check it all out. Um, if you missed earlier in the week, obviously this is a, a bonus episode. Earlier in the week was the one that I feel is my favourite episode I've ever recorded. Me and my mum sitting down and talking about her mum as a Mother's Day sp- special. So um, I tell you what. I tell you who likes old British wrestling, mums. So uh, if you're stuck for something to do with your mum on Mother's Day, see it all comes full circle, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a professional presenter now. If you're stuck for something to do with your mum on Mother's Day on Sunday, take her to see Walk Like a Panther. She'll love it. Anyway, oh, I mentioned Michael Soccer, right? M- Michael Soccer, I, 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 he's in the compilation here, but... He was my highlight of the film. He just, every time he was on screen, he cracked me up. His character is hilarious. Um, obviously, I loved everyone. Davey and Dave kind of p- provide a lot of the drama and heart and emotion. But for just pure comedy, Marcus Soccer and his lovely little f- face had me in tears constantly. So, yeah, anyway, I'll leave it there. I'll be back next week with Steve McNeil from Go 8-Bit. And, uh, yeah, have a good weekend and a good Mother's Day. And try your best to walk like a panther. Bye.